0: We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started
1: on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between.
2: It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe
1: McClain. Ah, fooled ya.
3: It's actually Rudy. Joe's on vacation and Christus vincit. Christus regnat, Christus imperat. Oh God, my God, to Thee do I watch at the break of day. And in thy name, I will lift up my hands. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, and it's May 20th. We made it. It's incredible. We got a a wonderful weekend coming up. Let me see if I let go of this button. Will it stay on? What do we do? Yes, my mic is on again. Interesting. I'm in a different part of the studio today, so things are a little bit different. And uh, I'm filling in for Joe. Like I said, he's on vacation, and he is taking his daughter and a friend to a monastery, a cloistered cloistered convent, for a discernment retreat. Please keep them in your prayers today. And today we have a very wonderful show. We're uh, joined by a very special guest. I'll introduce him in just a minute. But what do we do when we have pests in the home? Well, we do a little bit of pest management, of course. And so at 35 past the hour, Dr. Mary Cuff joins us to discuss how to oust the mouse. And which mouse? Mickey Mouse, that is. She wrote an article on why Catholics should ditch Disney and save their children's soul. Here's a few of the headlines uh, that you might have missed. Judge denies former Clinton lawyer's request for mistrial. And uh, we're working on getting somebody to come on to the show and discuss that story of what's going on with the uh, Trump collusion story. What's there? You know, what's real? Uh, Here's another one. Congress sends $40 billion aid aid packets for Ukraine to Biden, and he's expected to sign that. And Oklahoma passes a massive pro-life bill that bans nearly all abortions from the point of fertilization. That's uh, modeled after Texas. But I'd say this is a better pro-life legislation. What do you say, Brent Haynes?
4: Well, good morning. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, the significance of this really is, you know, women who are marginal in their decision are easily persuaded, who travel or are inclined to travel or offered opportunities to travel. Um, it's one thing just to travel a few miles across a border to a state where abortion is legal. It's another when you have to travel farther, no doubt the... So-called pro-choice crowd use this as part of their argument that this is just, uh, you know, an undue burden on women. But the reality is, as a practical matter, uh, the more effort women have to put into getting an abortion, the fewer will choose it, and then they'll realize the real blessing of life when they have their baby.
3: Amen. So be it.
4: And speaking of which, we have Adrian
3: here. As Joe says, on the ones and twos. Still don't know what that means.
5: I, I don't <laughs> know. Well,
2: it's two turntables, right?
5: Turntable yeah. one, turntable two.
2: On the ones I
3: and twos.
2: I don't know. But um, speaking of, uh, you know, a blessing of life, that is, in fact, me. You know, we were talking to our buddy, uh, <laughs> Master Baker, yesterday on YouTube, and he was talking about his uh, making butterscotch for the bakery. And I was like, now I'm really craving butterscotch. So yesterday after the show, I went and got some ice cream. And got a butter pecan ice cream. It was quite delicious. Was it buttery? It was just like the, it was so creamy. It was uh, just amazing. 10 out of 10, would recommend. And so uh, now I'm craving ice cream again, now that I'm talking about it.
3: Now, I saw you post that at like 10
2: p.m. Did it keep you up at night? So I posted at 10 p.m. So. If you are watching, if you are listening, uh, we have our private Telegram chat. If you want to g- join that, well, you're going to have to get on our email list because every now and then we open up the doors and we let people in. So you had to go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt and you can sign up for our email list and uh, every now and then we open up the doors for our private Telegram chat and you can join us privately there. Uh, I sent over a picture of the ice cream at 10 o'clock, but I was actually ate the ice cream at like... Six o'clock. So, good, man. Yeah, yeah, so it was just a delayed reaction.
4: Spe- good thing Good thing for you. It's not lent. Right, That's exactly.
2: That's true.
3: Speaking of which, you can join our email list, as Adrian said, by going to grnonline.com slash CDT, or you can pull out your phone. If you're driving, maybe pull over. Don't do it while you're driving. It's dangerous, okay? Look, I don't want to be responsible for that. So text GRN to 42828. And that's only when you're pulled off on the side of the road. Or if you're not even driving, pull out your phone now and text GRN to 42828. All right, let's get started with the show. We're going to jump into it by praying the Memorare. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided, Inspired by this confidence, I fly into thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. And now, breaking news and stories. Good morning, thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, May 20th, and here's a roundup of your headlines. The Daily Wire reports Russian official nabbed at U.S. and Mexico border. Viktor Kamenshikov, who served as a deputy in the Vladivostok Duma, resigned from the Communist Party on February 27th, just days after Russian President Vladimir Putin launched the invasion of Ukraine. Vladivostok is a large port city in Eastern Russia. Its Duma is equivalent to a city council. In uh, March 5th, in a March 5th interview, he accused the government of tricking deputies into voting for military invasion. Reuters reports Canada to ban Huawei ZTE 5G equipment, including joining Five Eyes' allies. Canada says it plans to ban the use of China's Huawei technologies and ZTE Core's 5G gear to protect national security, joining the rest of the so-called Five Eyes' intelligence-sharing network. The decision, widely expected, had been delayed amid diplomatic tensions with China. The rest of the Five Eyes network, which consists of Canada, the United States, Britain, Australia, and New Zealand, has already banned the equipment. Washington Examiner reports Mike Lee introduces bipartisan bill to break up Google ad business. The Competition and Transparency in Digital Advertising Act, introduced by Senator Mike Lee from Utah, would ban online companies with more than $20 billion in digital ad revenue annually from participating in more than one part of the digital advertising process. The bill would affect Google and possibly Amazon. Google, which is the most visited website in the United States with billions of users worldwide, controls two of the biggest third-party ad companies on the internet. And Google's subsidiary, YouTube, accounts for 43% of the online video marketing uh, on the platform. And the AP reports McDonald's era in Russia coming to a close, all restaurants sold. McDonald's is selling all of its restaurants in Russia 30 years after the burger chain became a powerful symbol of easing Cold War tensions between the United States and the Soviet Union. The company shuttered hundreds of locations in March after Russia invaded Ukraine, which has cost McDonald's about $55 million per month. On Monday, McDonald's announced it would sell these stores and leave Russia. An existing McDonald's licensee, Alexander Govor, who operates 25 restaurants in Siberia of all places, has agreed to buy McDonald's 850 Russian restaurants and operate them under a new name. And those were your headline news this morning.
2: God love you. The saint of the day is a Franciscan saint because, you know, I just, you know, Joe's gone. I got to do something nice for him. So (laughs) I'm going to do a Franciscan saint today. So the saint of the day is St. Bernardine of Siena, born in September 8, 1380. He was the greatest preacher of his time, journeying across Italy, calming strife-torn cities, attacking the paganism he found rampant. He attracted crowds of 30,000 people following St. Francis of Assisi's admonition to preach about vice and virtue, punishment and glory. Compared with St. Paul by the Pope, Bernadine was a keen institution, had a keen institution, intuition of the needs of the time, along with his solid holiness and boundless energy and joy. He accomplished all this despite having a very weak and hoarse voice. Miraculously improved later because of his devotion to Mary, when he was about 20 years old, the plague was at its height in his hometown of Siena. Sometimes as many as 20 people died in one day at the hospital. Bernadine offered to run the hospital, and with the help of other young men, he nursed patients there for four months. He escaped the plague, but was so exhausted that a fever confined him for several months. He spent another year caring for a beloved aunt whose parents had died when he was a child, and at her death, he began to fast and pray to know God's will for him. At the age of 22, he entered the Franciscan order and was ordained two years later. For almost a dozen years he lived in solitude and prayer, but his gifts ultimately caused him to be sent to preach. He always traveled on foot and sometimes speaking for hours in one place, then doing the same in another town. Especially known for his devotion to the holy name of Jesus, Bernadine devised a symbol, the IHS, the first three letters of the name of Jesus in Greek, and Gothic letters on a blazing sun. This was to displace the the superstitious symbols of the day, as well as the insignia of factions. For example, Golifus and Gilbalines, the devotion spread and the symbol began to appear in churches, homes, and public buildings. Opposition arose from those who thought it was a dangerous innovation. Three attempts were made to have the Pope take action against him, but Bernardine's holiness, orthodoxy, and intelligence were evidence of his faithfulness. The General of the Friars of the Strict Observance, a branch of the Franciscan Order, Bernardine strongly emphasized scholarship and further study of theology and canon law. When he started there, there were 300 friars in the community. When he died, there were 4,000. He returned to preaching the last two years of his life, dying while traveling. He died on May 20th, 1444, St. Bernadine of Siena pray for us praise be to God in all things the gospel today comes from the book of
3: John chapter 15 verses 12 through 17 Jesus said to his disciples this is my commandment I love one another as I love you no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends you are my friends if you do what I command you I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be, to, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Cornelius Alapide says, Bestow your kindness and offices of charity upon your neighbors, for you can bestow nothing upon me, but whatsoever ye shall bestow upon them, I shall account as bestowed upon myself as the parent of all. He bids them, therefore, out of love of him, that they should love and seek the salvation of all nations, should expend all their faculties and labors upon that work, undergo all perils, sustain all persecutions, and lastly that they should shed their blood for it. For so he loved them, and all other men, that he gave his life, and endured the death of the cross for them. Moreover, this precept in the first place concerned the apostles, because Christ, by them, was about to accomplish his own work of preaching throughout the world. Wherefore, it is the duty of every one, to cooperate with and assist every other. Thus far, Alapdier is speaking about the great command that our, our blessed Lord asked of the apostles. But how do we apply this to our life? Ask yourself how you can contribute to this great end. If you're married with children, then diligently teach your children in matters of the faith. Raise them to be good Catholics, ultimately saints. Are you called to a religious life? Then diligently serve the people the Lord has, uh, has appointed to thee and understand the great duty and influence you have before you. Alapide continues, Among all the acts and offices of friendship, none is greater than this, that anyone should lay down his life for his friend. This I am about to do for you. Here he's speaking about Jesus, and he continues saying, Who are my friends, if ye keep my commandments? We should look at the commandments in this way. On the first tablet, we we have those that pertain to God Almighty. I am the Lord thy God who took thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt not make any graven image, and thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And on the second tablet are those that pertain to how we should see our neighbor. If we can successfully carry out the first three which pertain to God, it shall be easier for us to love our neighbor. For how can it be that someone who does not care for the rights of God say that they love him and also love their neighbor? It's impossible. Be a friend of God today. And who are his friends those who keep his commandments strive to live them out they are not inconsequential they continue to guide us to a more perfect love of god and neighbor reach out to your friends today and plant a seed of faith in them coming up next we have what's concerning us followed by our guest segment with dr marie cup don't go away
0: It's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com.
1: Unbelievers often reject religion because it sometimes causes conflict. They'll say, science will fly you to the moon, religion will fly you into buildings. Is this a rational basis for rejecting religion? The answer is no, and here's the reason. First, just because something causes conflict doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. For example, many wars have been fought over land. Does this mean we should do away with the right to private property? I don't think so. Second, the objection doesn't specify which religions cause war. It may belong to the essence of some religions to spread its message by the sword, and these we should reject, but it doesn't belong to all religions. So, to the question, should I reject religion because it causes conflict? The answer is no. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com
3: Christus Vincit, Christus Regnat, Christus Imperat. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos and I'm filling in for Joe McLean today. He's on vacation taking his uh, daughter and a friend over to a cloistered convent as part of a, a retreat to discern this great vocation. Please keep them in your prayers today. But as Joe likes to say, there are a lot of things that are concerning us and uh, this segment is dedicated to discussing things that uh, are in the news that are concerning us and uh, we take a a deeper dive into particular stories and I found this one pretty intriguing as an artist myself. This is an article out of the Epic Times and the headline is, Colorado Designer Fears for Her Life as Freedom of Speech Case Heads to Supreme Court. Lori Smith left the corporate world in 2012 to form her own website design firm, 303 Creative, which soon flourished. But in 2016, she was asked to create a design conveying a same-sex marriage message that flatly violated her deeply held Christian faith. Now, you may have heard of bakers, uh, many different businesses who have had to compromise in their faith and and uh, do things, create things, make things uh, for their business that, uh, you know, just completely, flatly violate their deeply held Christian faith. The article continues, Smith declined to do so, and would, when it became clear to a Colorado public accommodation law, it, it sh- rather, it says, Smith declined to do so, and when it became clear, a Colorado public accommodation law would be used to force her to create messages that she and other Coloradans did not support or face harsh penalties, she decided she had to challenge the statute. So she turned to the federal court system to uphold her First Amendment freedoms, and six years later, the Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in her case later this year. Now this is devastating, because it took a long time for her case to be heard in the Supreme Court. And during all that time, you know... Who knows? Who knows what's going on, right? The article continues, and and it says, Now Smith fears for her life as she awaits the slow turning of the wheels of justice, thanks to the continuous terrifying harassment, including death threats from activists seeking to suppress her Christian beliefs. So all of this time, she's waiting to hear from the Supreme Court. She's thinking about uh, what's going to happen to her business. And all the same, she's receiving death threats for taking a stand on her Christian beliefs. She says, I have recorded phone calls. I've had to mail show up at my home. I've had people wish me really vile things that should not be repeated. Threats of bodily harm. Some really vile things, Smith said in a response to a question from the Epic Times. Asked if she feared for her life, Smith quickly responded, of course. When you hear the things that I've heard, it's terrifying. It's definitely, it definitely makes your skin crawl and the hair on your, your back stand up. Now, this story, it stood out to me, uh, Brent, because back in 2019, I took on a job. You know, I was uh, getting ready to propose to my then girlfriend, now m- my wife. And I, I thought to myself, you know, I'm getting by in, in my work right now. It's, it's great. I can, I can handle my own uh, household, but I would like to thrive and be able to provide for, for my wife. And, you know, I was saving up for an engagement ring and stuff like that. So I took this other job with a company that, uh, well, it was a little bit less known, you know, not, it didn't have as much influence, but I knew that it was going to pay me a little bit more. So I kind of did it out of looking for money. But there was always, it was a double-edged sword, because I knew that this company was very, very pro-LGBT, you know, so-called gay rights, all these all these crazy things that we hear from the left. And I knew that as soon as June came, I was going to have to compromise and create things uh, for this campaign that they were going to do. And it was horrible. I, I, all the time that I was there, I was there for a, a period of six months leading up to it. It was just a lot of tears and anxiety. I didn't want to compromise. I didn't want to do things that, that would uh, compromise my faith or my, my deeply held Catholic beliefs, which ultimately are Christian. And uh, and I started praying a lot, and I said, God, please, I, I seek only to do thy will. Please don't make me do this. Get me out of here. And God is just. God gave me the opportunity to move on to something else and still maintain, you know, stay afloat. It was crazy. But I guess my question is, is you as an attorney, you know, when you hear stories like this, obviously I'm not asking for legal advice, but what do you think people should do in situations where they are are being asked to compromise their faith, just like this graphic
4: designer. Well, that's exactly what this case is about. And, you know, she's very courageous for just exposing herself to the public ridicule and criticism that she gets. Um, the death threats um, are not uncommon. This kind of reaction to Christians in public life is very common. It just doesn't get covered in the news. Uh, you're not the only one to face these issues. I know people at my parish who have talked to me confidentially about the exact same, same kind of pressure you're talking about. Um, there's a corporate added, corporate uh, a policy uh, that's widespread that promotes certain moral values that are inconsistent with Christian life. And yet, if you speak up, in say, in defense of or in favor of traditional marriage, you're labeled as being discriminatory mm-hmm. or being prejudiced. Now, this Lori Smith case, 303 Creative, will be decided probably by the Supreme Court next year. Uh, this is probably the most important religious freedom case of our lifetime. Wow. Um, the, the issue, the, what it comes down to is, is the government allowed to force people, including Christians, to produce messages, in this case websites, um, to produce messages that involve some sort of creative content. We're not talking about just putting goods on the shelf like baking cakes and putting them out or baking cupcakes and putting them out for customers to come and take off the shelf. We're talking about customized, individualized creative work. So the question that the court will decide is, can the government force people to do that work under the premise of anti-discrimination laws, or does the government have to respect people's individual views? Now, the interesting thing about this case is Lori Smith and her attorneys at the Alliance Defending Freedom went to the Supreme Court, and they asked for the Supreme Court to hear the case on two grounds, religious freedom grounds and free speech grounds. Supreme Court turned down the case on religious freedom grounds. This case, which is really a religious freedom case, is going to the United States on free speech grounds. Wow. People might remember Jack Baker from Colorado, the famous Baker. Mm -hmm. We won that case, but that was a temporary victory. In that case, uh, uh, Jack uh, Jack won because um, the government in Colorado, the Human Rights Commission, they articulated openly their blatant discrimination and hostility against religion. Yeah. So the message there was, just don't articulate it, do it anyway. Well, now Lori Smith is back. The Supreme Court will probably decide this case straight up and down one way or the other. A year from now, or a little more than a year from now, uh, we'll know whether or not Christians are able to operate businesses that offer personalized content according to their Christian convictions, or whether they have to get out of the business the way you left your job.
3: Yeah, it, it's always, it boggles the mind, and I, I always think, you know, how did these cases even come to the forefront of the attention of the media or anyone? You know, if I was in the situation, and I, honestly, I thought about it myself, you know, being a freelance photographer, I, I thought, maybe if a project like that came around, maybe I wouldn't answer the email. But it seems that uh, the only reason that these things happen is because they take a stand publicly and they say, no, I'm, I'm actually not going to be able to do that for you because of X, Y, and Z reason. Um, would you say that that is how that, that typically happens, that people take a stand publicly and, and they, they receive that? Or is there anything uh, in the law that says, oh, this
4: person didn't respond to me, therefore I have to figure out why? Well, some of these are test cases. Look at Roe v. Wade, the abortion case. You know, th- that was a test case. There's nothing wrong with the test case as long as it's real and it's, it's on the merits, as long as it's not a hypothetical case. Um, you know, Norman McCorvey really was pregnant. Um, in the, these um, creative design cases or these religion and free speech cases such as uh, Jack Phillips from Colorado and the uh, wedding uh, website designer that's going up, the florist Arlene's Flowers from Washington State, the one that really kicked it all off, uh, Elaine H- Huguenin, or Hugh if however, I mm-hmm. hope I'm saying her name properly one way or the other. In New Mexico, she was a wedding photographer. Um, what happens ultimately is, you know, somebody contacts the business, and businessmen and women they respond, you know, to their inquiries because they're trying to run their businesses. But um, someone, you know, the person asking for the business, such as in, was- such, in such as in Washington State, might have been genuinely looking for services, mm-hmm. were declined because of the Christian values, and then later felt aggrieved and went and filed a complaint. But sometimes they really are straight-out test cases where they are targeting the person. So Jack Phillips, after he won, or even before, I, I believe he even finished his case at the U.S. Supreme Court, he was targeted again by a trans person who wanted him to make a blue-and-pink cake, you know. <laughs> uh, Blue and pink symbolizing the obvious, you know, male, masculine and feminine traditional notions. And the cake was supposed to symbolize, you know, blue and pink, one color on the inside, another color on the outside. Clearly oh, a see. cake conveying a message. Now, the person who requested that cake, an attorney. Oh, wow. So, you know, they knew what they were doing when yeah. to get their pronoun right, Rudy, so I'll just call them they. <laughs> they knew what they, you know. They know what they're doing when they go in and ask for a service like that because they're looking to get turned down because they want to go file the complaint and get the process started. So a lot of times these businesses are per- are specifically targeted by people who are looking to pick a fight.
3: Yes, and then you know in response their businesses are destroyed. I mean think of all the legal costs that people have to go through. And as artists, you know when I was an artist, I wasn't I wasn't well off. Most artists I know aren't well off uh, unless you're trafficking or uh, <laughs> you know trafficking money and selling. Fine, so-called fine art, you know, cause that's a, a whole different story altogether. But uh, these people aren't well off. And when they're targeted this way, their business
4: oftentimes just goes out because they have to pay for their legal fees to defend themselves. Well, even if they don't, uh, you know, Elaine's photography in New Mexico, she lost that case. The United States Supreme Court, the, the, you know, the court in New Mexico, the Supreme Court in New Mexico ultimately said, you can have your religious beliefs, you can think what you want, but when you go out and participate in commerce, the price of citizenship is to compromise your your religious beliefs in terms of your activity. You, you see, these advocates on the other side they want to limit us to the four walls of the church. They yeah. want to limit us to the thoughts inside our head. They don't want us to be able to act on our religious beliefs. So Elaine's photography went out of business, as far as I can tell. Wow. Yeah, um, uh, sweets by Melissa in Oregon out of business. Um, you you just you that's the point of this case going up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, from Colorado on the web, website design, is can the government force you either to compromise your Christian beliefs by engaging in personal creative work that you don't believe in, to convey a message you don't believe in, that you think is morally wrong, um, or are you free to just say no to those customers and let them go elsewhere? Um, so it, it's not just a matter of bankrupting businesses because of legal fees, and a lot of times they get good Christian lawyers who are out there representing them pro bono, such as the Alliance Defending Freedom. Mm-hmm. And there are others. Um, it's not just a matter of legal fees. It's a matter of can they legally operate? And uh, you know, according to the other side, the other side wants to say no, they can't, not unless they, not unless they give in. It always baffles the mind. You know, the the leftists
3: tend to think of themselves as really altruistic and very open, and and so open that their mind falls out of their heads. But uh, when you look at their actions, you really see that really they're not. Uh, They're not as benevolent as they seem. And so in cases like this, we have to not compromise our Catholic or Christian beliefs. We have to stand firm. And as Brent said, we can't just keep our faith between four walls of the church. We have to go out into the world and convert and present Christ to the world. Don't go away. Coming up next, we have more breaking news and stories and our interview with Mary Cup.
6: Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com.
0: Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to
6: themensmarch.com.
7: From the University of Dallas and Ad Scene on EWTN.
6: What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that
1: we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage.
7: Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Axios reports, Department of Justice employees seek paid leave to cover out-of-state abortions. A group of Department of Justice employees sent a letter to the Biden administration on Wednesday with a call for workers to be granted paid leave at taxpayer expense if they travel out-of-state for an abortion. Already, several large companies led by Tesla cover some expenses for employees who must travel to receive certain medical procedures that are prohibited by state law, including abortions. Amazon has also told its staff it will reimburse up to $4,000 in travel expenses every year for medical treatments, including abortions. Just the news reports: Oklahoma legislature passes strictest U.S. abortion ban starting at fertilization. The Oklahoma legislature on Tuesday approved another pro-life bill. Praise be to God modeled after the Texas law that abortion providers claim will be the most stringent ban in the United States if it becomes law. The legislation allows private citizens to sue anyone who assists in an abortion, including abortion providers, from any stage of gestation from fertilization until birth. The bill also defines woman and women as any person whose biological sex is female, including any person with double X chromosomes and any person with a uterus, regardless of any gender identity that the person attempts to assert or claim. Breitbart reports Afghanistan claims global food shortages prompt, uh, sorry, excuse me, Afghanistan, global food shortages prompt Taliban to outlaw weed exports. The Taliban terrorist organization announced a ban on exporting wheat out of Afghanistan on Thursday in response to concerns that the country may soon face critical food shortages. Afghanistan followed India in banning wheat exports. New Delhi's Directorate General of Foreign Trade announced its ban last week, baffling international observers who had taken note of the Indian government advertising itself as a suitable replacement exporter for Ukraine and Russia. And finally, the Daily Wire reports, Disney launches LGBTQ Pride Collection clothing line for kids, promises to donate profits to LGBTQ organizations. The Disney Pride Collection was created by LGBT employees and so-called allies at the Walt Disney Company, and it's a reflection of their incredible contributions at, and place at the heart of the company. Disney said in a statement, We stand in solidarity with our LGBTQ community everywhere. In the same announcement, Disney promised to donate all of its domestic profits from the Pride Collection to organizations that support LGBTQ causes until the end of June, also known as Pride Month. While Disney's Pride Collection clothing for both kids and adults comes in preparation for Pride Month, the move also comes as the company has been targeted by Florida GOP Governor uh, Governor Ron DeSantis and other Republicans. The company opposed the state's parental rights and education bill legislation prohibiting discussions on sexual orientation, and gender identity in classrooms with young children. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. And now to join us to talk a little bit more about Disney is Dr. Mary Cuff, who is a writer over at Crisis Magazine. She's an independent scholar, a wife and a homeschooling mother. She holds a PhD in American literature from the Catholic University of America and has published in Southern, the Southern Literary Journal and many other places. She also teaches online high school on classical rhetoric courses at Homeschool Connections. Uh, Dr. Cuff, thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And you wrote this fascinating article here over a Crisis Magazine talking about how we should boycott Disney to save our child's soul. Uh, what inspired this, this article?
8: Well, um, I was thinking about all of all of the people currently facing the the idea of of what Disney has become. Uh, it's become a little bit hard to ignore the the reality that Disney is trying to push an agenda to our children and and so many parents feel like there's no other option, right? Like Disney is, is almost like a utility service, like it's where you get your electricity, <laughs> it's where you get your water, it's where you get stories for your children. Yeah. Um, and and I thought, well, but it's not, it's really not. It, it makes us feel that way, um, but we do have options and we don't have to just sort of grin and bear it um, or deprive our children, right? Uh, yeah. If we want to have alternate stories, actually boycotting Disney is not just a, a sacrifice we have to be willing to make. It's actually a great opportunity to get our children better stories and, and uh, better entertainment, honestly.
2: You know, Dr. Mary Cuff, you know, I was, when I was younger, I am ashamed to admit that I was obsessed with Disney. Like, way too much. Like, not a very disorderly, <laughs> obsessed with Disney. And uh, to a point that it was just, it was very disordered. But, you know, looking forward now, I'm like, I don't even want to, I can't even watch a Disney movie. I can't buy a Disney products. We went to Florida, my family and I, and when we were there, and we were like, we're just going to avoid everything and anything Disney in Florida. Because it's all just trying to attack Our children, our families, uh, and they—they hate what is good and they love what is evil. Uh, How did this shift happen from this golden age of Disney, where you're talking about stories of like Snow White, to now having uh, same-sex couples uh, do things in their movies and have these kind of pushing these woke ideology subtly in their movies? How did we get from there to here?
8: Well, unfortunately, it's been going on longer than we'd care to admit. um i mean i I did my fair share of Disney as a kid too. I mean I think every every kid growing up in the nineties fell in love with the the what's called the Disney Renaissance, right the, all the yeah. movies that we think of the classic Disney princesses and Aladdin and all that. but behind those movies, which we think of as much more innocent compared to the very overt stuff that's that's uh in movies now those movies were already beginning to pave the way. If you think of any of the songs, really, Mm. and you attach it to a modern identity politics headline, it kind of, the the songs in the classic Disney movies were getting us to think about love in very sort of flat, modern, secular ways. Mm. Um, They took these stories that are ancient stories of our of our culture that are great stories and they change them slightly Mm. and actually there's a deliberate it's, it's you know not a tin hat you know oh dear like looking back uh the people who were in charge of disney then were lgbt uh they were out and proud gay men um howard ashman is the is the driving force behind what's called the disney renaissance and he was he was gay he died of aids his partner collected his Academy Award for Beauty and the Beast, these are the people writing the themes of these stories. Mm. And if you think about, you know, oh, I love this person and I cannot marry them because of unfair laws that will magically mm. change, well, that's what they wanted in their own lives, too. And they, they started paving the way.
3: Yeah, that's you know, when I, I think about uh, when I think about that golden age, the uh, renaissance of Disney in the 90s, I mean, I, it does strike me as a bit flamboyant now that I, I look mm. back at it. Um, there, there was a lot of uh, flamboyance in, in the characters and the music, and and a lot of things that were somewhat subtle. And for for children, you know, it's easy for them right. to to internalize. Now, I, I love this article because I've just recently become a father, and my daughter is congratulations. Thank you very much. She's less than nine months old. Uh, she's very very close to her first birthday, but uh, but uh, you know, I think about it as a father. Everything that we have at our disposal can either be used for good or evil. And right. when we look at uh, raising children, you know, I think there's a, it's a modern sensibility for us to, to want to have an opportunity to, you know, kind of let the child sit in front of the television for a, for a while and just kind of entertain themselves while we go and do something else because it's, it's very difficult to raise children. Um, but I, I think about uh, I think about Disney and I say Wow like i, I just i can 't trust them anymore and I love what you say in this in this article that boycotting disney shouldn 't be a sacri- it, it shouldn 't be um, a sacrifice we shouldn 't view it as like oh it's it 's hard instead we should view the boycott as a great good in itself, in other words, to lead with virtue, so what is the good that that we can benefit by by ousting the mouse, you know this is this obviously is going to be very hard for certain parents to do
8: well, so yes, it will be hard um, parents who who want to still you know find quality entertainment for their kids, you know let them have a little bit of of screen time are going to have to do a little bit more legwork um, but the the great benefit is is that there are amazing stories out there that Disney has sort of hidden. Uh, Because, you know, we we think of them as the place to go for stories, but there are beautiful stories written for children, uh, designed for children, that we can introduce our children to. Um, Take The Little Mermaid, for instance. The original story is about um, a mermaid who doesn't have an immortal soul because she's not human, and she learns about what souls are. And the whole story is we're trying to find one and to get one because she wants a soul. Um, is that in Disney? No. <laughs> but it's an amazing story. It's beautiful. Um And it, it has these themes in it that really resonate, not just with, you know, oh, this is a powerful story, but with what we're trying to teach our children. And so dumping the mouse and going back to the stories the way that, our ancestors told them, our ancestors who had our same or very similar desires for our children. This is, this is an opportunity to, to reconnect with beauty and with stories that actually support what we want our children to have.
3: Yes, well, we're up against a break. Sorry, my mic went off. We're up against a break here, but uh, coming up next, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Mary Cuff. Please hold on and we'll be right back.
0: men it's time the men's march to end abortion and rally for personhood is saturday june 11th the weekend before father's day from 12 to 3 p.m in tallahassee florida men gather at 12 p.m for the march all women children and families join us for the 2 p.m rally at the florida state capitol you are needed every life matters join us on june 11th in tallahassee for more information go to themensmarch.com
6: Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. Thanks for tuning in. We have a wonderful guest on the show today. We have uh, Dr. Mary Cuff, who's a writer over at uh, Crisis Magazine, among others, and she's here to discuss why we should get rid of Disney, why it's so important for us to get rid of Disney and save our children's soul. Dr. Cuff, thank you again for joining us today, this morning. Um, you know, I, like I said yesterday, I, I'm a very practical person, and um, I, I would love to ask what alternatives there are to these uh, Disney films. And in this article, you mentioned <clears throat> you mentioned the Hungarian version of Cinderella, but you also mentioned one of my favorite shows when I was growing up, which was Samurai Jack. Can you talk a little bit about that?
8: <laughs> my kids love Samurai Jack. That's good. Um, I didn't know about it growing up, but it's it's these these old sort of forgotten shows that are are not really mainstream anymore. They don't have merchandise connected to them, you know. People aren't making tons of money off of these shows anymore, but they're they're just gems. Uh, there's stories that that teach virtue. One of my favorite episodes of of Samurai Jack. I watch it with my kids, and we talk about the themes. Uh, there's these kids that have gotten um, sort of mind trapped by this demonic music that is um, this way of the the evil the, the evil villain of the show aku um, it's his it's his way to trap these children and turn them into his mind slaves and samurai Jack this sort of ancient warrior who's been zapped to the future ends up battling these these microphones and, and boom boxes <laughs> to save these children and I was like what how did how did this get allowed in in modern television but it's it's cool yeah. <laughs> and it's fun
2: you know that's very interesting because one thing that I noticed is that you know stories about people are kind of a, a rarity stories about Mm -hmm. great people and i'm thinking of like wouldn't it be so cool to have like a a tv series about king saint ferdinand and things like that that'd be so amazing but instead we get all these stories about animals anthropomorphizing animals and of course you know aesop's fables all those things existed before and they involved uh, animals that kind of had human elements to them but i feel like in disney the anthropomorphizing of animals has led to almost an egalitarianism where we see animals as humans and humans equivalent to animals. Oh, we got a dogs have feelings, animals have uh, have emotions and interior lives, and so it leads to all these o- other errors that we have. And I'm thinking of most clearly in Tarzan, whenever the song be You'll Be in My Heart, whenever they says. Why can't they understand the way we feel? They just don't understand what they can't explain? I know we're different, but deep inside us, we're not that different at all. And it's basically saying that monkeys and humans, or I guess gorillas gorillas and humans are the same they ultimately we are mostly the same uh, so what kind of what do you say about this that kind of this whole thing right here?
8: Well, the the joke with the uh, with the movie uh, Inside Out is now emotions have emotions for Disney. And (laughs) yes, I I think that's very true. Where we we've sort of Disney has flattened things out and made it so that that kids can't think about distinctions. Um, um, Two of my favorite people in the world, J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, they saw this coming early with Snow White, actually, and they were very grumpy about that movie. They saw it as talking down to children, talking down to the viewers, and they said, wait a minute, like, Western storytelling, even Western storytelling for kids traditionally has challenged us, it has it has made distinctions, it's made those hard differences between right and wrong, and so many times in Disney movies, the villains are just misunderstood, or need to learn, or, you know, it, it, that can be true, but sometimes evil is evil, and must be defeated, um, and, and so... You know, stepping away from Disney, we could try to find that again. Uh, whereas, yeah, the 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 over over equating everything with everything that Disney has done, you know, we we get kids who are don't want to eat chicken because, oh, one of my favorite Disney characters is a chicken. I mean, I I had that problem as a kid. I was very sad learning where meat came from because all my favorite characters were animals. <laughs> Not that we can't have stories about animals, but, yeah, it it gets overdone.
4: Yeah. Dr. Cuff, um you mentioned earlier how, uh, you know, Disney's uh, writers and songwriters and Scriptwriters began changing stories and planting mm-hmm. ideas and songs, and how this has been going on for a long time. Our listeners um, who aren't aware might be interested to know you actually wrote an article about this. It's still on the Crisis magazine website, where your, the title is "Disney Has Been Corrupting Kids for Decades," where you give a few more examples. And uh, the, the uh, you know uh, historically, you know, American parents were able to or thought they could trust Disney as a family-friendly entertainment company, and parents weren't scrutinizing uh, right. the content that their children were, were uh, consuming. And so your article does a very good job of giving examples of where screenwriters and, and songwriters were planning, and this is key, very subtle Messages Subtle enough that very young children would absorb these ideas uncritically because young children aren't capable of very critical thinking. Meanwhile, parents are busy, and they don't think that they have to scrutinize uh, what their children are watching and listening to if on the surface it seems acceptable, and it's coming from a company like Disney. Disney so. Um, it's good to see that, you know, somebody with you know with your credentials has gone out there and started to dis- you know, discuss how this has really been going on for decades and it helps explain how we got where we are today where parents in many uh, places around the country are in open rebellion against their school boards.
8: Right. And I, I call this Disney morality. It's uh you know I'm sure some of them knew exactly what they were doing. Some of them were just, you know, well intentioned, not very good thinkers, but Every step of the way has been paving the way towards where we are now. And, you know, my parents' generation, not knowing what was around the bend, you know, they could have us watch Tarzan and just think, oh, you know, it's cute, but, you know, this, you know, don't judge us. We love each other. You know, we need each other. You know, one day people will understand sort of message that Disney's been giving us for going on 40 years now. Wow. Now you see... In this cultural context, children hear that their parents tell them this is a cute love story and then they see at school teachers saying we love each other, don't judge. And what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to have a consistent message and and they're getting one. It's just not the one we want them to have.
3: That's an excellent take. And you know to to really bring this home, you know what was uh, being said in the 90s was very subtle in comparison to the things that are out today that Disney is promoting. You know, among some of those things are their outward uh, association and support of the LGBTQ agenda, mm-hmm. as well as uh, uh, drag. I mean, there's there's been instances where they've promoted uh, so-called drag queens and just really degenerate things to children. So it's a very re- it's a really real reality. That your children may be exposed to certain things that will destroy their soul. Um, again, you know, it's very, it's very difficult to to get rid of something like that. You know, who, parents who have a lot of screen time for their children, it's it's very, very hard to consider that. But like you said, there are alternatives. But the other side of the coin too is that something you mentioned a few minutes ago is children. It's very obvious. Children don't really know how to discern things. I mean, they're, they're right. just coming into the age of reason. And another thing that's really egregious that Disney does is the way that they overstimulate them with advertising in stores. I mean, I've had experiences where I've seen children just melt down when they go into the store and they see things that, that feature their favorite franchise and their parents deny them. This is very, this is very, uh, it's an overstimulation. What do you say about that?
8: That's sort of the other problem with Disney is this sort of materialistic culture. It's introducing our children to early, you know, meltdowns that you got me the wrong princess dress. I needed this <laughs> one and not that one. And it's like, wait a minute. That's that's not how that's supposed to work or, or the need to have this or that. I, I was at the grocery store the other day and this kid was throwing a temper tantrum because his mom put the wrong mac and cheese in Ooh. the cart and it wasn't a taste or flavor or health thing. It was the wrong character <laughs> on the box. And we shouldn't be raising our children to, to be this attached to things. Disney, part of its marketing model is to get children hooked on all the stuff that's associated with the characters that they have fallen in love with. And I think there's a danger to that in and of itself because stories shouldn't be about opportunities to sell people more things
7: mm-hmm.
8: and that is the disney model and has been since very very early
2: on what about the because you mentioned earlier about the dumbing down of children's stories mm-hmm. and what about the grimm's fairy tales and things like that because i know i started reading the Grimm fairy tales fairly recently and i was like whoa is that really children appropriate <laughs> like they're reading this to kids and I'm just curious, like what, what would you say to those kind of things? Like maybe that is appropriate and that's something that the kids need to be exposed to at e, that age, but I'm not sure. What, what say you?
8: Well, uh, so, so going back to my, to my favorite guy, J.R. Tolkien, he actually talks about this in his uh, essay on fairy stories. And he says, you know, children are interested in themes like justice. And if you deny character justice at the end children will notice it before adults do uh, gk chesterton said you know adults want mercy children ha- are more innocent than us so they desire justice Amen. and and these older stories sure they're they're grim right um most of them are not too grim uh there are some stories that i would say okay let's let's hold off on that one but we're introducing our children to stories because we want them to grow up not because we think that they deserve to sort of sit in this fantasy land that will get harshly broken up at some point yeah the world isn't like that kids um (laughs) and so i introduce my kids to stories that 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 have themes that disney would say oh you know we, we can talk about gay stuff but let's not talk about death right it's like no let's talk about death because My children have had friends who have died. We need to start talking about stories that have real things in them.
3: Yes, and the kids can handle it, you know? They can. They really do. They Think of how many things they memorize about a particular (sighs) franchise. They can handle these things. So maybe it's time to consider that. Uh, Dr. Cuff, thank you so much for joining us today and discussing why we should consider getting rid of Disney and saving our children's soul. That's gonna wrap us up for the first hour. But we're going to be back with more breaking news, good news story, and our game show, Fear and Trembling. Don't go away. There's more Catholic Drive Time on the way.
7: From the University of Dallas, and ad scene on EWTN.
6: What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world?
1: Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of
7: courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu.
6: Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com.
0: Then it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first in facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the pre-born at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us.
7: I'm Von Greta from the University of St. Thomas, Houston Graduate Admissions, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to your
1: Catholic drive-time, keeping you informed
0: and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him.
6: Getting you started on
1: your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun,
0: it's your Catholic drive-time. Now here's your host,
2: Joe McClain.
1: Christus
3: Vincit, Christus Regnat, Christus Imperat, and I bet you're wondering, where is Joe McClain this morning? Where is Joe? Who is this man, this imposter? Well, this is Rudy Carlos. I'm filling in for Joe today. He's on vacation. He is taking his daughter and another friend to a discernment retreat at a cloistered monastery. Please keep them in your prayers today. they got a long drive, long haul, so keep praying for them. And pray for his daughter that uh, the Holy Spirit may guide her to make a a good decision uh, whether or not to enter into this community. Very big, very, very big uh, responsibility there. And uh, we just wrapped up a fascinating conversation with Dr. Cuff. She's a return guest to the show, and she wrote a, a really awesome article over at Crisis Magazine discussing if it was time for parents to ditch the mouse, to get rid of Disney and save their children's soul. It was a fascinating conversation. In case you missed it, you can always go on to our website at uh, grnonline.com/cdt and you can listen to a rerun of the episode that should be up uh, shortly after our show is wrapped up today. And if you want to keep in touch with us, you want to hear all of the exciting uh, GRN news, the Catholic drive time news, go ahead and sign up for our email list. Joe sends out the email every Thursday. And among those things are the updates on what's going on here, but also he sends out a really awesome piece of entertainment. You know, we were just talking to Dr. Cuff about getting rid of Disney, what are the alternatives. There's many alternatives, and Joe tends to send out really good entertainment for you that's family-friendly and that will edify you. Uh, just go on to grnonline.com slash cdt, you'll see a way to sign up for that there, or if you want to do it via phone, you can text GRN to 42828. Now that's GRN to 42828. If you're driving, maybe pull over, consider pulling over, don't, don't do it, don't be unsafe. Now here in the studio today, we have a really awesome guest. I'm a big fan of him, he's great, I can't believe he accepted the offer to come in, um, starstruck, he's a fascinating attorney, Maybe for hire i don't know is he is he for hire? we'll ask him. welcome to the show, Brent Haynes I want to meet this guy you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you for having me yeah brent it's awesome to have you here it's always really good to hear your take on uh, on the uh, the news. Uh, thanks for being here, and also we have our our man, our resident myth, legend. we have Adrian Fonseca, as Joe says on the ones and twos. Joey!
2: Who said that? It's very true. Very true. <laughs> Thank you, Rocky. Thank you. Yeah, No, praise be to God. It's good to be here. It's a great day to be alive. And, you know, I'm excited for the weekend. It's going to be a good, long weekend. My grandfather's birthday is actually nice. tomorrow. So say a prayer for my grandfather tomorrow or today or just, you know, pray for my grandpa whenever you want. I'll allow it. And so the and so we're gonna go fishing. So we're gonna hop on a nice. boat at nine AM tomorrow. We're gonna go out into the water, we're gonna be fishing with uh I think it's just gonna be all the guys. I think the girls are gonna stay home. Uh, so we're gonna go out and it's gonna be a good time. I'm not a huge fisherman, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a I've I like caught like three fish from like my entire life. And I've been fishing a number of times and the vast number of time I catch nothing. Yeah, so it'll same be here.
3: I enjoy fishing, but I never catch anything, and as they say Everybody's working for the weekend. Brent, what do you got going on this weekend? You know, I've
4: had a long week. I was at a pregnancy crisis pregnancy center board meeting nice last night. I'm just I'm going to try to catch up this weekend so I can get to mass Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and sleep too. I had a rough week for sure, but uh, I'm going to sleep on the boat. Uh, That's
3: that's a good idea. Like a waterbed. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you're into that sort of thing, because you might get seasick. But, uh, well, we have a lot to cover in this hour of the show. We're going to have the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, as well as a good news story for you that will edify you as you go into the weekend. So, uh, why don't we jump in and pray our Memorare Prayer, and we're just going to get started here. Remember, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember. This is an article out of Breitbart. And uh, let me just find this here. My apologies. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Here's a good news story for you. This one's out of Breitbart. Six-year-old helps to rescue little sister having a seizure. She says she was the real hero. When Allie Murillo's toddler Collins was feeling ill and had a fever recently, she put her in bed at home in Bourbon County, Kansas. However, it was not long before Collins' six-year-old daughter, uh, uh, sister, rather, Addison, who shares their bedroom, realized something was not right and ran to her mother for help, according to Magic 96.5, who reported the story. to the family's shock, Collins was suffering from a seizure and rapidly turning blue. Their mother dialed 911 for help, but it took some time for the emergency crews to arrive because the nearest hospital was about 20 minutes away from where they lived, according to Fox 4, who also reported on the story. It was just, I was just making sure that her airway was safe so she didn't start choking on her saliva, Maria said of the tense moments. The mother and her child were finally placed inside of a helicopter and transported to Kansas City. She was later sent home and appeared somewhat weak, but was alert and smiling at her older sister, whose help was crucial during the emergency. Children can experience different symptoms depending on the type of seizure, and some were easily recognizable, while others so mild that they might not be noticed, according to Boston's Children's Hospital. Signs a child could be having a seizure included staring, convulsions, loss of consciousness, breathing issues, falling suddenly, vomiting, and changes in their speech and vision, or both. Seizures don't automatically or necessarily harm the brain, but some seizures do cause damage, the hospital said. Meanwhile, Maria was grateful that her daughter's quick thinking during the recent emergency helped her sister. If it wasn't for her, I truly don't know what kind of conversation we'd be having, or if we'd even be having one. So she's the real hero here, she she commented. Social media users praised the little girl, one person writing, How can I send her a cape? She's a hero. She was a guardian angel, another said. And that's good news. God love you.
2: The saint of the day is St. Bernardine of Siena. He was born in September 8, 1380, and he was the greatest preacher of his time, journeying across Italy, calming strife-torn cities, and attacking the paganism he found rampant. He attracted crowds of 30,000 people following St. Francis of Assisi's admonition to preach about vice and virtue, punishment and glory. Compared with St. Paul by the Pope, Bernadine had a keen intuition of the needs of the time. Along with solid holiness and a boundless energy and joy, he accomplished all this despite having a very weak and hoarse voice. Miraculously improved later because of his devotion to Mary, but when he was 20 years old, the plague was at its height in his hometown of Siena. Sometimes as many as 20 people died in one day at the hospital. Bernardine offered to run the hospital, and with the help of other young men, he nursed patients there for four months. He escaped the plague, but was so exhausted that a fever confined him for several months. He spent another year caring for a beloved aunt whose parents had died when he was a child, and at her death, he began to fast and pray to know God's will for him. At the age of 22, he entered the Franciscan order and was ordained two years later. For almost a dozen years he lived in a solitude and prayer, but his gifts ultimately caused him to be sent to preach. He always traveled on foot, sometimes speaking for hours in one place, then doing the same in another town. He is especially known for his devotion to the holy name of Jesus. Bernadine devised a symbol, the IHS, the first three letters of the name of our Lord in Greek, it's inside of a Gothic letters with a blazing sun. This was to displace the superstitious symbols of the day as well as the insignia of factions. The devotion spread and the symbol began to appear in the church, homes and public buildings. Opposition arose from those who thought it a dangerous innovation. Three attempts were made to have the Pope take action against him, but Bernadine's holiness and orthodoxy and intelligence were evidence of his faithfulness. He became the general of the Friars of the Strict Observance a and branch, a branch of the Franciscan Orders. Bernadine strongly emphasized scholarship and further study of theology and canon law. When he started there, there were 300 friars in the community. When he died, there were 4,000. He returned to preaching the last two years of his life, dying while traveling. He died May 20th, 1444, St. Bernadine of Siena, pray for us praise be to God in all things
3: the gospel today comes from the book of John chapter 15 verses 12 to 17 Jesus said to his disciples this is my commandment love one another as I love you no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends you are my friends if you do what I command you I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Cornelius Alapide says, Bestow your kindness and offices of charity upon your neighbors, for you can bestow nothing upon upon me, but whatsoever you shall bestow upon them, I shall account as bestowed upon myself as the parent of all. What can we give God? Very little. What we can, however, love our neighbors, and that accounts for him, he says. He bids them therefore to, that out of love of him they should love and seek the salvation of all nations, should expend all their faculties and labors upon that work, undergo all perils, sustain all persecutions, and lastly they should shed their blood for it. For so, for so he loved them and all other men, that he gave his life and endured the death on the cross for them. Moreover, this precept in the first place concerned the apostles because Christ by them was to accomplish his own work of preaching through the world. Wherefore, it was the duty of everyone to cooperate with and assist every other. Well, how can we do this? Well, we aren't the apostles, but how do we contribute to this great cause? What about our neighbors, our friends, those that we love, those who are wayward, our family members even? It is charity for us to go out, therefore, and preach to them and plant a seed of faith in their hearts as our blessed Lord asks us to, because he is telling us to love them. How can we say that we love our neighbor when we see them committing sin and ruining their life and galloping their way into hell? Despite the fact that they may live an interior life and they may not affect much on the outside, The fact is, is that they are losing their soul. And Christ, our blessed Lord, asks us to go in charity and share the good news with them. What about families? Well, we just talked with Dr. Cuff. If you are a parent, how do you contribute to this end? You are married with children, then diligently teach your children. Raise them in the matters of faith. If you're a priest listening to our show... Understand the influence that you have, this great duty that you have to serve the people that God has entrusted into your hands. This is how you can contribute to loving thy neighbor, understanding the great duty you have before you. Adrian, what did you find?
2: Uh, yes. So normally I talk about Cornelius a today, but uh, I'm going to mention something from Thomas Aquinas. Um, I don't have a lot of time. He says, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He says uh, St. Thomas says, here he shows the efficacy of love, which is that one undergo death for his friends. This is a sign of the greatest love. Yet, one could object that it is considered to be a sign of a greater love when someone lays down his life for his enemies, as Christ did. But God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And St. Thomas responds to this objection. He says, well, we should answer that Christ did not lay down his life for his enemies, so that they would remain his enemies, but to make them his friends. Or one could say that he laid down his life for his friends, not in the sense that they were friends who loved him, but rather they, rather were those whom he loved. Is it clear that the sign of the greatest love is to lay down one's life for one's friends? This is so because there are four lovable things to be put in order, and this is very important. And the last thing I'll say, the four things that are lovable in order is God first, our own souls, second, our neighbor, third, and our body, fourth. And there's much to be said about that. Maybe we can discuss during the after show. But just keep that in mind today that the four things that we are to love is God, our own soul, our neighbor, and then our body in that order.
3: Praise be to God. It's time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling. And perhaps you could win the prize this week prizes are at stake and we draw the prize today but first we need a caller one 757 9424 you don't have to know the answers i ask brent and adrian and you get to pick who's right or who's wrong 877-757-9424 coming up next
8: Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics?
5: 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to apologetics tapes listen to Catholic radio learn a little bit at a time rule number three Luke 5 verse 10 do not be afraid henceforth you will be catching men Jesus said this to Peter but he's also saying it to us will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others yes of course you will but Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid why because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others to share Jesus Christ with others then jesus Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on rule number six never be afraid to say i don't know when asked a question about your faith don't try to wing it however always follow i don't know with but i will find out and get back to you and make sure you do a beacon of
1: truth in a troubled world this is the guadalupe radio network
0: radio for your soul
3: This isn't Joe, it's Rudy Carlos, and I'm filling in for Joe, but regardless, we're going to be playing Fear and Trembling, and Joe's going to hate this because he likes to keep this a secret, but I'm about to broadcast it on the radio waves, and to all of our viewers and listeners here on our, our social media platforms, Joe has an agenda. Look, he doesn't want me to tell you this, he's got an agenda, and the agenda is... That he wants to play the show and pretend like he's the, the, you, know, the you know, he's going he's gonna to be on your side. Actually, no. He's the tricky one. I'm here to defend myself now that Joe is gone. But if you haven't played the game show before, this is how it works. I'm going to be asking a question, and it pertains to the Catholic faith. But I'm not going to ask it to you, dear listener. I'm going to ask it to Brent... And I'm going to ask it to Adrian, one of which is going to be right and another one is going to be wrong. And it's your choice to figure out who is the imposter and you you get to choose the right answer. Uh, Joining us on the phone is Paula from Dallas. Good morning, Paula. Hello. Hi, Paula. Have you have you listened to the show before? Do you know how to play this game? Yes. This
1: is my second
3: time playing. Oh, praise be to God. Well, thanks for calling again. We're happy to have you. Now, this week, Paula, we have a very special prize. So the prize this week is a wonderful rugged rosary. Now, maybe you've been praying on the rosary one day, and your rosary just fall, falls apart in your hands. I've heard somebody say that to me before. Well, this rugged rosary, it's going to last a lifetime. In fact, archaeologists are going di- to they're going to dig out this rosary from the ground. They're going to say, "Wow, look how beautifully preserved it is." And this month is the May of Mary. So to continue spraying the greatest spiritual weapon we have, we're going to give away another one of these rugged rosaries. I don't have it with me right now. Otherwise, I would show you, but it's a Our Lady of Guadalupe rosary, features a wonderful corpus with a Saint Benedict medal there. So whoever wins it this week will have to ask for a Saint Benedict uh, uh, blessing for this particular rosary. And this this week, today, we're going to pull the winner. Uh, Paula, are you ready to play the game? Fear and trembling. Yeah. Excellent. So let's get started then. I'm going to start with Brent, who is filling in for me today. Brent, good morning. Good How are morning. you doing? Morning, Brent. Joe likes to ask me three times if I'm ready, so I'm going to ask you four times. Brent, are you ready? Uh, well, I think I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm getting less ready. Uh, third time, are you ready? Uh, I'll, I'll be How ready. How about now? Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, excellent. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, Brent. Who is the patron saint of desperate situations? Kind of like the situation we're in right now.
4: I, I put some thought into this. You know, I'm a lawyer, and the, and lawyers know many <laughs> lawyers know many desperate yeah. situations. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I think it would be logical, and the Catholic Church is logical, if the patron saint of lawyers was also the patron saint of of desperate situations. So I'll go with Saint Thomas More. Huh?
3: I would say that's pretty reasonable. That's some legal reasoning right there. Okay. So Brent says, Brent says uh, saint, saint Thomas, Thomas Saint Moore. Thomas More. Okay. And now I'm going to ask Adrian. Adrian. Who is the patron
2: saint of desperate situations? The patron saint of desperate situations. I'm going to go with St. Jude. And the reason for that is, you know, in the early church, nobody wanted to pray to St. Jude because his name sounded too much like Judas, and they didn't want to accidentally pray to St. Judas, <laughs> who is not a saint. And so nobody prayed to him. So they said, uh, whenever you have an impossible cause or a desperate situation, pray to St. Jude. He's got nothing better to do. He ain't praying for nobody else because no one's asking. Okay,
3: well, we have two answers here, Paula. Is it as Brent says, Thomas Moore? Or is it as Adrian says, St. Jude? What say you? Adrian. Wow, very confident.
2: She knows her stuff. Excellent. Paula, you are so wise.
0: Paula, you must be 10.
1: Well, in second grade, I did a, um, I studied him.
7: Oh Amazing.
2: wow. See, I, I knew it. Paula is clearly a theologian.
3: I can see that the church is gonna be in good hands, Paula. You are inheriting you're inheriting the church and you're gonna do well. Okay. We're gonna move on to the second question. Brent. This time actually I'm gonna to go to Adrick. Adrian. That's good. That's my name. You, you got my name right. Adrian. Yeah. Adrian. Adrian yeah. That's, that's the one, right? What are the vessels called in which the holy oils are kept? Okay. Yeah.
2: So you walk into the church. Okay. And you look to Should the I left, close my eyes? You look to the right. And then you look back to the left. And there over there in the corner is this little box. There's right there. Cardboard box? No, it's it's, it's a wooden box, ideally. I mean, I suppose they're probably somewhere. That's a cardboard (laughs) box. It's a wooden box, and it's against (laughs) the wall. And you open it up, and what do you see? You see the oil stocks. Okay.
3: All right. Mm -hmm. Brent, what are the vessels called
4: in which the holy oils are kept? I know the Catholic Church has a name for everything in the liturgy, but oil stocks just sounds a little too... A little too basic. on the nose, do you think? Okay. I mean, you know, I think holy, I just think holy vessels would be more appropriate. Holy vessels. Mm -hmm. Holy vessels. That's your answer. That's my answer.
3: Okay, Brent says holy vessels. And Adrian says the oil stocks. Paula, this one is a little confusing. What do you think? She's thinking... She's thinking. Is it either oil stocks? Sorry, what was that? Repeat them again. Okay.
2: Can
8: you say the
2: what?
3: What are the vessels called in which the holy oils are kept? Is it the oil stocks, as Adrian says, or the, uh, as Brent says, the holy vessels? <laughs> oil. The Holy Vessels. The Holy Vessels. Are you sure? I want to reconsider that one. Are you sure?
4: Oh. oh I feel so bad. I'm sorry, Paula. I feel Easy. like I'm leading the younger generation astray. Brent, you done, Brent. Brent's
3: a lawyer, you know. He's very tricky. He's yeah. very tricky, Paul. The truth
2: is, you can never trust a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> right, Brent? <laughs> Hired guns.
3: <laughs> well, that's okay. You're still in the coffee cup of divine parvents for one, and I think we're going to get you in one more time with this question, which I'm going to direct to Brent this time. Brent, what is the name of the summer residence, a.k.a. the summer vacation home of the Holy Father called in the Alban Hills, southeast
4: of Rome? And I will bet you Paula already knows this because she already knew St. Jude. Um, It's Castel Gandolfo, as we might say in English, or Castel Gandolfo, perhaps in Italian. Castel Gandolfo. (laughs) Okay, Castel Gandolfo. All right, Adrian.
3: That's me. What is the name of the summer residence of the Holy Father located in the Alban Hills southwest of Rome?
2: Oh, yeah. So when the Pope goes on vacation... The Pope goes on vacation. (laughs) He goes down south of Rome, and he goes to the Super Fun House. The Super Fun House. Oh, yeah. That's the name of the residence? I've been there like nine times. How do you say that in Italian? I have no idea. I guess it would be super. (laughs) El super. I have no clue. I have no idea. Okay, Paula, the
3: answers are as follows. Is it Castel Gandolfo, as Brent says, or is it the Super Fun House... As Adrian says, what do you say, Paula? Fifteen seconds on the clock.
2: Paula, are you there? Paula, are you there? Did we drop her? No, she's uh, still on. Brent!
3: There we go. Is it Brent? Yes! Nailed it! Amazing!
2: Okay. Clearly a genius and a scholar. All right, Paula. So hang
3: tight here. I'm shuffling the coffee cup of divine prophecies. and this week
2: we're gonna pick a prize, a prize winner that is. The drummer's going. Or the drummer's going. Or he's getting exhausted. The that poor drummer's ring. arms. All right.
3: Now I cast them down. I'm Man, that drummer's good. Ooh, that drummer boy. All right. Here we go. Got one here in my hand. And it's Jamie. Jamie, congratulations. Way to go, You won this week's prize. Paula, thank you so much for playing with us today. We always appreciate you calling in, and, you know, you are so very intelligent. Thank you for for calling in and and playing our game show today. Thank you. Are you on your way to school today? Yes. Awesome. What's your favorite uh, subject in school?
9: Uh, library.
3: Library. Library. Nice. Well, if you ever have any like uh, any book suggestions, kick them our way, but that's going to do it for our, our game show. We're going to be back. Uh, well, actually, that's going to do it for our show this morning, and if you want to keep tuning in, Join us on one of the uh, live feeds, uh, either YouTube, Facebook, or Odyssey. There's many others. We're streaming to many different uh, locations, and we're going to continue with our after show, where you can comment and direct the conversation. We like to let our hair down and talk about different subjects, what's going on, and what's on your mind, so make sure to join us there. Thank you again, Paula, for joining us this morning, and and thank you, dear listener, for tuning into Catholic Drive Time and uh, putting up with me this Desperate situation, uh, filling in for for Joe McLean. I'd like to also thank Brent for coming into the studio today and joining us and giving us his takes on on so many different things. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired.
5: Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time
0: The Guadalupe Radio Network now
1: brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
9: Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Bernardine of Siena. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to her earth come down. Fix in us your humble dwelling, all your faithful mercies crown. Jesus, source of all, compassion, love unbounded, love all pure. Visit us with your salvation, let your love in us endure.
10: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.
9: And with your spirit.
10: My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, God, and, God and, and to you, you, my brothers and sisters, that, that I, I have greatly, greatly sinned in my, my thoughts and in my words,
9: in, in my words, and what, what I have done Lord, have mercy.
10: Christ, have mercy.
9: Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
10: Lord, have mercy.
9: Lord, have mercy. Let us pray.
10: O God, who gave the priest Saint Bernardine of Siena a great love for the holy name of Jesus, grant through his merits and prayers that we may ever be set aflame with the spirit of your love. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever.
9: Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. The apostles the apostles and presbyters, in agreement with the whole church, decided to choose representatives, and to send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. The ones chosen were Judas who is called Barsabas and Silas, leaders among the brothers. This is the letter delivered by them. The apostles and the presbyters, your brothers, to the brothers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia of Gentile origin. Greetings, since we have heard that some of our number who went out without any mandate from us have upset you with their teachings and disturbed your peace of mind, we have with one accord decided to choose representatives and to send them to you along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, whom who have dedicated their lives to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, so we are sending Judas and Silas, who will also convey. The same message by word of mouth it is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us not to place on you any burden beyond those these necessities namely to abstain from meat sacrifice to idols from blood from meats of strangled animals and from unlawful marriage if you keep free of these you will be doing what is right farewell and so they were sent on their journey Upon their arrival in Antioch, they called the assembly together and delivered the letter. When the people read it, they were delighted with the exhortation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will give you thanks among the peoples, O Lord. I I will give give you thanks among the the peoples, O Lord. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and chant praise. Awake, O my soul, awake, lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn. I will give you thanks among the peoples, O Lord. I will give thanks to you among the peoples, O Lord. I will chant your praise among the nations. For your mercy towers to the heavens and your faithfulness to the skies. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Above all the earth be your glory. I will give you thanks among the peoples, O Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Hallelujah! Alleluia, 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 alleluia. I call you, my friend, says the Lord. For I have made known to you all that the Father has told me. Alleluia! Alleluia! Alleluia!
10: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John.
9: Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said
10: to his disciples. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another." The Gospel of the Lord.
9: Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
10: This gospel should sound somewhat familiar. It was the gospel from this past Sunday. In fact, the first reading that we have today will be the the first reading for this Sunday. So I won't say much about it other than it really, the Council of Jerusalem marks a decisive turning point in the early church. Because at first, of course, the apostles were were worshipping in the temple and, and in their homes, celebrating the Eucharist. But now there's this decisive turn that the Gentiles also are included in the covenant that God tries to lay down his life not just for the Jews, but for the chosen people, but for all. And so now they are going to be included, and it is how they are going to be included It was what they they decided at the Council of Jerusalem. So this is a decisive turning point. In the Gospel, there's another kind of decisive turning point when Jesus says, I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. I remember at my mom and dad's house, there was this little plaque that said, uh, do not walk ahead of me, I may not follow. Do not walk behind me, I may not lead. But walk beside me and just be my friend. When you think about Christ on the cross, as he pours out his life, and his blood and water flows from from his side, the church is born from his side. It is at his side that the Lord Jesus invites us to come to be with him as his friend. Um, but we sometimes, we still, like to, we still tend to relate to the Lord as a slave, you know? Sometimes we don't know exactly what the Lord is doing in our life, but we should, because he's our friend. He says he's revealed to every, everything to us. It may be, be a bit mysterious, but we should have that confidence that whatever, the, whatever is going on in our life, that the Lord either wills directly or he permits, and he permits it for our greater good. Because he has shared with us everything he has given, from, he has heard from the Father, and the Father loves us as his dear, ch- as his dear child, as his dear daughter and son. So, if this is the case, then Jesus truly is our brother, and he's our deepest friend, and we should relate to him as such. So, and the Lord invites us to walk beside him, to listen to his word. But then, also more deeply, is that because he has shared with us everything he has heard from the Father, and because he has chosen us then we are able to love as he loves. That's what he commands us. Love one another as I have loved you. And How how can he command that? (laughs) Because he's given us the ability through grace, through our participation in his his very life, in order to do that. The grace that we have received in our baptism and in which we have grown through growing in virtue and becoming more and more Christ-like, that we could love with the very love with which he has loved us. Um, it's not something that we can do on our own. It's not Something that we can just we have we just sort of pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and do. There's no way that we can fo- follow this command without the very help and assistance of Jesus Himself. But He gives us that, that ability. No no one has greater love than to lay down one's life for one friend for one's friends. Jesus has done this with us. Maybe we truly recognize Jesus as our as our friend. I guess that sometimes, even when we come to prayer, we relate to Him as our as our Master, and we should. He is our Master, because he is, as a disciple, we we learn directly from the Master. But even more deeply, He has called us truly friends. Kind of interesting. When I was in college, of course, it was a long time ago. When I was in college, I was studying philosophy. The very end of the year, the professor gave us any topic we, that we could choose as a class, in order to talk about philosophically. And when should, the most interesting thing was everybody. Um, Mine is a couple of people wanted to know more about friendship. What is friendship? so we of course, we looked at Plato and Socrates and Aristotle and what you know friendship was all about, and even some of the more modern uh, philosophers. Friendship Why is it so important? Maybe because we struggle with it having really true deep friendships today in our in our own lives? You know, all the media gives us a chance social media gives us a chance to be and contact with people to have a lot of acquaintances, but we don't often have a lot of friends, people we can truly share our heart and our soul with. Jesus says, you are my friends. We can share everything with the Lord. There's nothing that we have to keep from him, and there's nothing that he will keep from us, because he loves us, and he has shared with everything that the Father has told us. So let us live in this friendship with the Lord, especially when we come to celebrate the Eucharist, Christ giving his life for his friends, amen. Dear brothers and sisters, filled with paschal joy, let us more earnestly pray to God that he who graciously listened to the prayers and supplications of his beloved Son may now be pleased to look upon us in our lowliness. Let us pray for the shepherds of our souls, that they may have the strength to govern wisely the flock entrusted to them by the good shepherd. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the whole world, that it may truly know the peace given by Christ. Let us pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our
10: prayer. We pray for our brothers and sisters who suffer, that their sorrow may be turned to gladness, which no one can take from them. Let us pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer
10: our own community that it may bear witness with great confidence to the resurrection of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear
10: our prayer. Let us pray for the grace today to have a deep and abiding uh, knowledge of that we are friends of Christ, friends of God and may we have deep friendships in our in our own life which help us and support us to live more deeply our Christian way. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
10: Let us pray for all those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio for their intentions. Those who have asked us to pray for them, we pray to the Lord. Lord,
9: hear our prayer.
10: Finally, we remember those who have died and all the holy souls in purgatory that they may rest in peace. pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
10: O God, who know that our life in this present age is subject to suffering and need, hear the desires of those who cry to you and receive the prayers of those who believe in you.
9: Through Christ our Lord. Amen. To the paschal victim, give thankful praise. Christ ever sinless, his sheep now he saves. Death and life contented in dreadful strife. Death did not hold Him immortal, His life. Hallelujah! His triumph we sing. Christ is arisen, the victor, the King. Mary, speak, confessing what you have seen, Christ's tomb lies empty where once He had been. Angels bright confirming, shroud laid aside, He goes to Galilee, He lives though He died. Hallelujah! His triumph we sing. Christ is arisen, the victor, the king.
10: Pray, dear beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father.
9: May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church.
10: Look upon the sacrificial gifts we offer Almighty God on the feast day of Blessed Bernardino Siena and grant that we who celebrate the mysteries of the Lord's passion may imitate what we do now through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
9: And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation
10: at all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time above all to laud you yet more gloriously when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For with the old order destroyed, a universe cast down is renewed and integrity of life is restored to us in Christ. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exalts in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as
9: they acclaim, Holy, Holy,
10: the mystery of faith. When we We eat this bread bread and
9: drink this cup, we we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come
10: again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. with St. Bernardine of Siena, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence, we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O oh Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own.
9: Now and for ever.
10: Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer of the sign of peace.
9: Lamb of God, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
10: What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light, says the Lord. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops, Alleluia.
9: What wondrous love is this, O my soul, O my soul? What wondrous love is this, O my soul? What wondrous love is this that caused the Lord of bliss to bear the dreadful curse for my soul, for my soul, to bear the dreadful curse for my soul.
10: Let us pray. By the power of this mystery, O Lord, confirm your servants in the true faith that they may everywhere profess in word and deed the faith for which Blessed Bernadine never ceased to labor, and for which he spent his whole life through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
9: And with with your spirit.
10: May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.
9: Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulce
3: The prayer to Saint Michael
9: Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke
3: him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who
6: prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen.
8: thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.
7: Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
1: Thank you so much for listening to KSHJ 1430 AM Houston, Texas where you're always welcome.